Hello and welcome to The West Steps, a podcast from the Colorado Children's Campaign where we explore the issues that matter for kids and families in Colorado. I'm Jackie Zubricki and it is 2024. As we're recording this, it's January and Colorado's legislative session has just begun. What happens in the 120 days of session will affect kids whether it's how their school is funded, whether they can go to an awesome after-school program, whether they have health coverage, whether they're able to get care in the language they speak at home or in some other way. The Children's Campaign's policy team is thinking about these issues every day. Their job is to make sure that our policymakers are making evidence-based decisions that support kids and families and that make Colorado a more equitable place. So I asked each of our policy directors about what they're paying attention to right now as session begins. Today, we'll hear from Sarah Barnes, Senior Director of Policy, about how Colorado can support families at a time when the cost of living is, as you may have noticed, high. Then we'll hear from Maddie Ashore, Director of Youth Success, about how we can think about addressing some of the challenges facing school-aged kids, including a lack of mental health supports in schools, and our state's approach to school funding, which, as you will hear, is sorely in need of a change. Let's get started. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's actually the first day of the legislative session as we're talking, so it's a busy day. Um, I hope that you could take a minute to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role. Yeah, of course. Um, And it is indeed the first day of the legislative session, which is very exciting. Um, I'm Sarah Barnes. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the senior director of policy at the Children's Campaign. I'm also the director of our family economic prosperity work. Um, So what that means is that I help to guide um, our policy team in the work that we're doing as a policy advocacy organization. I have the opportunity to work with all of our really great policy folks here at the organization every day on the work that they're doing. And then I also help to lead our family economic prosperity work. So thinking about how to support families around housing stability, affordability, and uh, having adequate amounts of income and money in their pockets to be able to take care of their kids and meet their basic needs and thrive. How did you get interested in working on policy related to families, economic prosperity? I think I first became interested in these types of policies when I was a middle school teacher, actually. Um, I was working at a school as a language arts teacher and I think what I realized in the time I was there was that my job was to teach kids how to read and write, but um, those kids and their families had so many other things going on all the time outside of the school building. And I felt like I didn't have the ability to address any of those things in an effective way. Um, And it, I think it made me understand how important economic security and prosperity is for families and for kids. And it's sort of foundational to their ability to do all of the things in their lives that they want to be able to do. It sort of has to come first. And so I've been really interested in and in getting at that um, policy area, I think, because of that experience. Yeah. And why is this something that the children's campaign in particular is focusing on? 
Yeah, I think for some similar reasons. Um, I think also we at the Children's Campaign work across a number of policy areas that impact kids and families, but they all are related in some ways to families having financial security and being able to thrive uh, financially in their lives. So if, and, and so if we're thinking about um, access to childcare or access to health coverage, all of these things um, relate to families' economic security, but also making sure families have safe and stable housing and making sure they have adequate amounts of income also is is foundational to families being able to access educational opportunities in the way they want to and for a youth to be able to be successful and make decisions about their lives and for families and kids to be healthy. Um, all of these things come back uh, to economic prosperity in one way or, or another. Can you talk about some of the dynamics that are affecting families financial stability and well-being in 2024. I know affordability is obviously a big topic in Colorado. Um, and then for some of the families who the policies you're working on, we often don't talk about the issues that are necessarily affecting uh, people who are really struggling with financial stability. Um, so what are some of the dynamics you're seeing? Um, the cost of living, particularly in Colorado, is very high um, and that's not changing. Um, incomes aren't necessarily, aren't keeping pace with the cost of living in Colorado. The cost of housing is becoming more and more unaffordable for families in Colorado, as well as the cost of just everyday necessities. And so families are really having, I think, really finding themselves in a position where they're always having to make really difficult choices about different things that are important. So housing and childcare and food and clothing and all of these things that are that are really important for kids and families and all are just becoming increasingly more costly. Um, and families are just, I, I think, really feeling that pinch and, and, and more and more struggling to be able to keep up with all of the costs and expenses that they're faced with. Um, particularly in our state, which is um, becoming an expensive place to live. Yeah. What are some of the bills or policy areas you're focusing on this legislative session to address some of those dynamics? Yeah, so one bill that we're really excited to be working on this session with Enterprise Community Partners is a bill around eviction data. Um, Colorado doesn't currently collect in a very comprehensive or consistent way data on eviction trends across the state. And so we are working on a bill that would bring some consistency to that system. So require the collection of data on residential evictions that are happening across the state uh, along certain indicators, and then publish those data in an aggregate way um, so that we're able to see across the state what are the eviction trends, what communities are, are really being impacted by eviction, and more importantly, um, or also importantly, what are the policy interventions and some of those upstream 
solutions that we can identify and what resources can we put toward preventing those evictions where they're happening. And the sort of first step to being able to do that is to have more comprehensive data on what's happening. We know anecdotally that evictions are really skyrocketing in some communities and really impacting families. We also know this may not be a complete picture of all the evictions that happen in the state, but we it is a good start, and we really want to be able to ha- start to have that comprehensive data system in, in Colorado. So we're really excited to be working on that bill with Enterprise this session. And then another area where we're focusing um, is around direct cash to families in in various forms, and we're really excited to be able to help convene a policy group of a number of organizations, advocates, funders, community members, folks who are directly impacted, um, who are thinking about direct cash policies and how to move those forward in Colorado um, at a, in a sustainable way. We have a, a number of really amazing pilot programs that are happening in Colorado around guaranteed income. And we have a lot of those folks at the table um, helping us, you know, we're all thinking together about how to scale up some of those efforts to make sure that in a sustainable ongoing way, families in Colorado can have adequate amounts of income to be able to really meet their needs and thrive. Um, And so that's really exciting work that we're doing in the coming year with, with that coalition of folks. Awesome. We will look forward to learning more about that. So a lot going on with families, economic prosperity and all of these policy areas. But from your point of view, if the legislature could do one thing this session to support kids and families economic prosperity, what would it do? You know, I think I would say, broadly speaking, it would be to really center families in conversations that are happening about the investments that our state is making and making sure that we are really making meaningful investments in families um, this session. Colorado has made a lot of meaningful investments in families, and I think the more we can continue to make that a priority at the legislature this session, the better off families in Colorado will be and the better off the the better off we'll be as a state if we if we continue to to hold families at the center. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining Sarah and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. so much for joining us today, Maddie. Um, I'm hoping you can take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little about your role. Absolutely. I was born and raised in Colorado. I attended District 11 schools in Colorado Springs, and then I got a bachelor's degree in political science from the University of Denver. Uh, So I've lived here and worked here my whole life, uh, but I don't know that I can call myself a true Coloradoan because I don't know how to ski. Um, So as the Director of Youth Success of the Colorado Children's Campaign, I lead our work to improve the lives of school-aged children in Colorado. And what that looks like day to day is mostly talking with all the really smart, dedicated people who work in and around K-12 schools 
as well as some Colorado youth themselves, and turning their good ideas into bills that we can get passed at the legislature. I'm really grateful to be here. Awesome. So Maddie joined our team this fall, but you've been interested in education policy and working in education policy for a while. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got interested in policy related to young people and their success? I'd love to. Yeah. So in college, I was privileged to work as a public achievement coach, which is um, a job where I would spend my Fridays uh, with classrooms of kids at Bruce Randolph and Kip figuring out how to work together to make their schools and communities better places to be. So a really clear example of this was my work at Bruce Randolph to improve the quality of the food that the school cafeteria um, offered. So we did things like interviews with Cisco and we brought in policymakers to talk about collective bargaining and um, all those things. Uh, so we called ourselves coaches and instead of teachers, because if I did my job right by the end of the year, my students would be running the classroom, running these community conversations, um, building consensus amongst themselves and then in community, uh, researching specific solutions and then executing on those solutions. Um, during this time, I saw a lot of truths about the public education system in Colorado that I had not experienced in my privilege. And my students really showed me that education changes lives and not just the lives of people, of the folks getting educated. Um, they also showed me that some kids get everything they need to succeed and some kids get almost nothing. Uh, so that's why I've only ever worked in education policy and probably why I always will. And you're talking about Cisco, the big food provider companies. These are real world projects that your students were working on in their Denver community. Yes. Yeah. And they became little civic leaders. I was, it was very inspiring to watch. Awesome. So it may seem obvious, but why does the children's campaign care about or focus on kids in the K-12 education system? Yeah. So um, kids in the K-12 education system are just part of the family sort of continuum or the family life cycle, you might call it. Um, we do a lot of work to, for example, make sure that kids get healthy, safe early childhood experiences and access to basic health care. Um, but if we do all that work without making sure that those same kids don't transition into or transition into adulthood with the skills they need to thrive, um, all of our work I don't know, sort of goes away or loses meaning. So by carving out youth success as a focus area, we help make sure that the big systems that serve kids like schools, like healthcare systems and social safety nets are all working together to get kids what they need today and to set up futures for themselves that they can be excited about. So we're talking today because the 2024 legislative session is about to get started. Can you tell us about some of the biggest policy issues or challenges you think kids are facing in 2024? Yeah, you know, I do think it's kind of a tough time to be a kiddo. I think social media has really changed the experience of childhood and, and being a youth. And governments around the world and, and even in Colorado are really grappling with how to make something as complex and ungovernable as the internet safe for developing brains and developing hearts. Um, it's also no secret that the pandemic took a pretty big toll on learning. Um, 
there's a lot of ways to look at that data and sort of tell that story. But what we need to figure out is how to catch everyone up, how to make sure that even if um, you were a fourth grader or a third grader, when schools were shut down, you still got all of the same instruction that every other third and fourth grader gets in Colorado, um, despite not having the same amount of time. And I think really importantly, or most importantly to the campaign, for more than a decade, Colorado kids and teens have increasingly reported struggling with mental health. Um, More and more youth are reporting persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness, um, and that these feelings are beginning to interfere with like daily activities or with their lives in general. Um, Also, alarmingly, the number of Colorado youth who have died by suicide, uh, that number doubled between 2010 and 2021. And care for kids who are experiencing mental health struggles can be really difficult to find or get connected to, or it can just be non-existent in some Colorado communities. So what are some of the bills or policy areas you're anticipating will uh, be in the focus this legislative session? Yeah, so I think top of mind for most folks who are working in the K-12 space is the big opportunity that we have in 2024 to update or rewrite our school funding formula. Um, The school funding formula is not, uh, it's a really complex kind of like archaic legislatory topic, but it really is at the heart and center of a lot of the systemic problems that we see in K-12 systems. Um, Mostly the opportunity that we have in 2024 is to rewrite the formula so that students who need additional resources, students who can't get additional resources because of their socioeconomic status or where they live in Colorado or a myriad of other reasons, making sure that those kids who need additional resources get additional resources rather than setting up a funding system or sticking with a funding system that um, distributes dollars really mostly according to where you live in the state. Um, We're also really excited about a couple of youth well-being bills. Um, So we're supporting uh, the implementation of a bill that we passed in 2022 to um, support expanded collection and reporting of key school climate data. So when we say school climate, we mean things like how kids feel in school, how teachers feel in school. Do they feel connected? Do they feel engaged? Do they feel safe? Um, Some of the specifics of that data are things like absenteeism rates or how and when schools use different discipline strategies on different groups of students. Um, So again, implementing that bill, getting really clear on that data. Um, We're also working on centering and amplifying youth voice and leadership in state and local policy. And there's a really exciting bill that has come out of the Colorado Youth Advisory Council, which is a council that essentially creates a subcommittee um, at the legislature made entirely of youth to bring their own bills forward and their own ideas. Um, One of those bills is designed to get more mental health professionals back into school buildings. Um, Right now, to become a mental health professional, it costs a lot of money. It it can cost upwards of $100,000. So the student loan repayment on that certification to be able to work in schools is often not feasible for people who are working in schools on school-based salaries. So the COYAC Council came up with this idea of supporting 
mental health professionals who are working in schools with their student loan repayments or their student loan payments each month. Um, so it's just a really quick sort of direct way to make sure that we're getting as many mental health professionals who are licensed to work in schools back in school buildings. Um, there's also a bill to improve youth access to mental health first aid. So this is um, a program that has been operating in Colorado for some time, and it essentially teaches kids and folks who work with kids how to recognize the signs and symptoms of a mental health struggle or a mental health concern, how to connect you know, youth to uh, resources or adults or solutions or even just someone to talk to about those, those mental health struggles, um, and potentially find resources to address whatever's going on. Awesome. So those are some really concrete steps that maybe could help support mental health for kids, help make our students' education funding more equitable. And there are a lot of moving pieces here, uh, but I'm going to ask you to complete a sentence that will ask you to narrow in on one of those. If the legislature could do one thing to support youth success this year, it would be to give our youth a picture of a future that they can believe in and be excited about. Uh, show them what grace, intelligence, levity, and community can look like and what it can accomplish in community. Um, to do this not just in policy, but in everything from placing your morning coffee order to managing an unruly committee hearing, there is always a way to take care of one another and ourselves before we take care of the problems. And just to show you that it's going to be all right, that we we can do this. Awesome. Well, Maddie, thank you for sharing. We look forward to hearing how all of this goes this session and we'll talk with you soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for The West Steps. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast, send us an email at media at coloradokids.org. The West Steps and the rest of the children's campaign's work is possible thanks to our philanthropic funders and our generous sponsors and donors. You can support our work by visiting coloradokids.org. The West Steps is a production of the Colorado Children's Campaign. It was created by Beza Tedes. Our theme music is by Trenton White. Our producer is John Wojcik, and I'm your host, Jackie Zuberke. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.